This, 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 and welcome to this week's Fight Disciples episode. Before we get started, just a little bit of a favour we need from you. If you could ever so kindly write us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps boost our rankings in the iTunes charts and therefore increases our visibility on a worldwide scale. If you could write us a five-star review, we'd be forever in your debt. Thank you very much. Also, don't forget to subscribe so then you never miss out on any unbelievable content that will bring your way. And this week's show is a cracker. We phone up the cruiserweight champion of the world. Is that the uh, cruiserweight champion of the world? <laughs> Only on Sunday night to Goodison Park. Get in there, lad. Oh, nice. How do you think Tony Bellew spends his time after becoming world champ? Sorry, I'm just putting the grass in the bin. I'm low mowing the grass. <laughs> <laughs> and he responds to David Hare. If I hit him with the left or high in the cards with me, he's going good night too. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Let's start with a review of probably one of the most memorable nights Liverpool has seen um, in the boxing ring. Not only for all the history that's surrounded by it, because obviously that was the first time in 67 years that there were a stadium yep, 1949, fight. last one at Anfield, yeah. Uh, and it's been, what was it, in the mid-90s for uh, Nark in the Park with Shane Neary, wasn't it? It was, it was, but it was, you know, there was a hell of a lot less people in attendance on that night than they were on, on Sunday night. Well, that alone, the story then builds up to it with the geezer that's been in the movies. It's incredible. And then, obviously, he manages to pull it off, the real-life sto- Rocky story. Obviously, it was the feature last week when we spoke to him that this time it was for real. You can't write that script. No. You can't. If that would have been the script to Creed, you know, if that would have been the Hollywood script for the movie that Bell you was in, people would have just gone, that, no, no chance, that, that just doesn't happen. You know, that wouldn't happen like that. You don't go and lose two world titles, move up a division, suddenly you knock out power, people start questioning whether you can still knock people out anymore. You get the fight and you're in your home stadium at a football ground, you've never held boxing before. You know, all these things came together. And, and you take on the most dangerous man in the division. In the division that no one else wants to fight with a 90% knockout rate. <laughs> And then you do to him, and he puts you down in the first round, yeah. and people go, oh no, there's, more, there's more of that to come, there's yeah. more of that to come. And then to finish him in the manner that Tony Bell, you finished him on Sunday night. It was just, you the know, fin- it the was finish out is of brave. this world. The finish is brave, right? The reason why the finish is brave is because in the first round, he puts it on him, and he hurts him, he quite obviously hurts Makabu, but yeah. then gets put down. And me and you were sat ringside, and we were shouting, right, get out of there now, get yeah. out of there now, because... Dave you've, Cole, done the, you've done the business, he yeah. won the round. He, Dave Caldwell had told us, hasn't he, in the, in, in the build-up to it, this yep. kid, is, he sucks you in, sucks you in, gives you a little bit of confidence and then hits you with that sucker. That's right. And that's what happened exactly to a T. If you're watching it on TV, you'll have seen the commentary, they were saying the same thing. Yep. To a T, that went off on the first round and even Dave Caldwell said in the corner, you got greedy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. And we, we were inside shouting it, don't get greedy. Second round, he impressed me more because yep. of how he just thought, right, Get me wits about me. Box, box, box. That's right. And like you stay down his jab. Win the round. That's all he needed to do. So what, when we go to round three, how brave is that to do what he did? Because yeah. I've just done it in the first round. I've, you know what I mean? And I've been hit with a sucker punch. He mu- it must have been in the back of his head. Is it going to come? Is it going to come? Of course. But brave as an ox just to go, right, sack it. I'm going in now. I can I, smell it. I'm going. Honestly, and it comes down to the fact that 
Anthony more than anybody in the world. We all know he's got knockout power. Look at his record. Look at his amateur record. You know, he's he done things that no one else has done before. So we know he's got that power. But people at Cruiserweight question, have been questioning that power because he hasn't been putting people away. But Anthony himself, he knows that he hits like a heavyweight. He knows that. And he knows he's got a good chin. Yeah, he got put down in that first round. But it was a, you know, he was, he was square, really. square on. Yeah. That's why he ended up doing a backwards roll. Okay, he bust his nose because there was a lot of power in the shot. But he walked. The thing I liked, he walked back to a neutral corner on his own. He didn't need the referee to say, "There's a neutral corner." He knew what he was doing, Tony. Yeah. He had his wits about him. Second round, there was a bit of embarrassment about it, really, wasn't there? For him, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, looked, that look. he, he looked down at Dave and he went, "Oh shit, sorry." because yeah. he knew bo- probably I'm get bollocks in five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he knew Caldwell was going to give him loads at the end of the round because he'd won the round easy. You know, he'd absolutely dominated in the round, yeah. but he'd smelt blood and went for it, but he went for it too soon. That was the difference in the third round, I think, is I think Anthony caught him with more than one shot. He caught him with a good body shot, caught yeah. him with a left, and then, you know, Maccabi rocked up against the ropes. And one thing Anthony is, and he's always been this his entire career, is he's a finisher. And okay, yeah, he, he will roll the dice every now and again, but that's because he knows he's got a good chin. But I think at that point in the third, had he not felt like he had Mukabu beat I think he would have stepped back he would have backed off he wouldn't have fell into that trap again but I think he knew that he'd hurt him enough to think even one of your shots or you know even one of your defensive shots reaction shots catching me now is worth it because I feel like I can take you out and Boy, did he take him off. Because we talked about it earlier. That left duck that Mukabu threw when he was when he was the struggling. Whistle past he his threw nose. a right jab. It came over Tony's shoulder. And as re- you know, that right jab was a range finder for that left duck. And he threw the left duck. It must have been what half an inch away from Tony's nose. But by then Tony was in. And that when he threw that left duck, it opened him right up. And then as soon as Tony landed his own left duck, well, you know, that second rope, that third rope, whatever it was, Kept that was him, keeping that was yeah. keeping Mukabu upright. I have never seen you like that. I've never. You're normally never. gobby, right? <laughs> we sit in this studio week in, week out. We have a right old crack about various things. But there are certain fighters that you do get emotionally attached to. And yeah. I'm probably the same. I'm a little bit biased with Crawler, right? Yeah. That's the wor- that's where I'm at with it. Because I've been with him on a journey of to this point. Now, your journey with Bellew goes back way, way, way back. Then even further than mine with Anthony yeah. Crawler. So therefore... Watching you at the side of the ring was hilarious because I've never seen you so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely nervous for your mate that was yeah. in the ring. And then when he pulled it off, blooming neck, mate, two weeks ago you had sciatica, right? You've still got it now. You're still injured now. My back's killing. He were on my back, honestly. He knocked my glasses off my head. I had my sunglasses on because it was an outdoor event. He knocked my glasses off my head. They hit buffer on the head in front of us. It was going off at the side of the ring. It, it was chaos, yeah. It was chaos. And... You know, Did I, you feel nervous for him? I, I, you know, I was terrified, absolutely terrified, and it's only because. And you're absolutely right. You know, I've been I've been a journalist, a sports journalist now, coming up for this is me. You know, deep into my 18th year now, and I've been covering top level football as a Liverpool fan. I've covered Liverpool in European Cup finals, and I've been covering boxing, and I know the city so well, I know Liverpool's boxers so well because I've spent so much time with them. I've trained with a lot of them in the gym. I've spent time with the. I know their families. I know their friends. I've got a great relationship with the city after spending 10 years writing about the sport and championing but the it's, sport it's a very for this family city. oriented sport really and even more so, so with what you're doing but the problem the thing with Bellew is it kind of goes beyond that because we went to the same school together he was a couple of years beneath me but his elder brother was in my class 
you know, so I've known Anthony since he was literally, as he described himself, a fat baby. <laughs> <laughs> when he literally first started boxing at Waverley ABC before no one even knew who he was, before he even went to the Rotunda. I knew him then because I knew the family, you know, I knew I had ties with him then. And then obviously, you know Anthony well enough now, you've met him enough now that, and everybody who's listening to the, the, the podcast, hopefully you got to see what he's truly about when he went to Macabre at the end of the fight and he was talking to him that's and he gave him a kiss, value. that's what he's really like. When you're seeing him with his with his partner and his, and the kids in the ring and his mum and his dad were in the ring together, you know, all that. Well, we shot a bit of it in the podcast about. last week, didn't we? So Plus, many people off the back of last week changed their opinion of him. They've sent, they've sent us messages and we appreciate that. So thank you very much for doing that. That I didn't feel like I felt towards Anthony Bellew until yeah. listening until to him speak. To us? Yeah, until yeah. he listened to him speak the way Because he's he got a persona and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, and it works. This is what I try to tell a lot of young boxers coming through as well. It's not good enough just to be a good boxer. It's an entertainment business and it's above everything else. As Anthony himself says, it's not a sport, it's a business. Mm. You've got to be marketable. You've got to sell yourself. Tony has built this persona because he has got a big personality he goes in there he's brash he's loud he kicks tables over tries to fight people at weigh-ins because it generates conversation it gets eyeballs it gets people buying tickets that's why in seven and a half weeks he goes and sells i don't know hopefully about eighteen thousand tickets it felt like there was Less at than least really. it got confirmed didn't it in three and a half weeks the actual venue unbelievable the fight was made but the venue was made in it's three and a half weeks sensational to sell that many tickets yeah, at yeah. a football stadium just speaks volumes about the character he truly is and the people in this city that know him for what he is and now hopefully everyone's got a taste of it and everyone knows that he's you know an absolutely diamond of a guy real family man he just wants the best and from day one yes he spoke about being world champion he's saying he's going to be world champion but deep down he said plenty of times as well I don't know how good I am I don't know whether I can be world champion Mm. but he kept telling himself I can do it I'm going to do it because in his heart, he worked harder than everybody else. He tried harder than everybody else. He wanted it more than everybody else. He'll confess, he may not be the best boxer on the planet, but he probably wants it as much as or more than every other person in the boxing Desire sometimes outweighs everything else, doesn't it? Exactly. And, you know, for that reason, you you know, as I say, I've, I've known him for a long time. He's a guy that's impossible not to love. So when it happened on Saturday night, just because of the occasion as well, you know, don't get me wrong, when Liam Smith won his world title, I was absolutely on cloud nine. You know, when Denny Matthews won a world a cloud nine, I, there's so many fights I've been at where I've been so happy because I've written about Liverpool's boxing scene for so long. I'm so happy. Every fight up in Liverpool that does well, you know, I've got, I, I'm beaming with pride. But with Bellew, because of the situation, because he'd lost two world title fights, because it was Goodison, because it was packed out, you know, it was a perfect storm of emotion. And that's why, you know, once we got closer to the fight, once Stephen Smith's fight was over, mm. I kind of stopped being happy then. No, he did. And he did, uh, so he's, I was asking questions, he was like going, shush. <laughs> so he just would not speak Silence to kind of fell over me because the enormity of the situation kind of hit me. And thankfully, you know, when he was ring walking, you nudged me and said, look on the screen, look how happy he is. Yeah, yeah. And that relaxed me a little bit because at that point I was terrified because of Mac- who Maccabi was. He was a venomous puncher, the most avoided man at cruiserweight. And he's going in there with someone who I call a friend. So uh, the occasion for me, I described it as boxing's equivalent of Istanbul. Now, whether people like that or they don't like it, I don't care. Because I was you're at allowed both. to say because you're a scouser. Well, I was at both. And I'm a Liverpool fan. And I'm a Tony Bellew fan. And I was at both of those incredible events, as far as I'm concerned. Two of the biggest events in modern day Merseyside sports history. I was at both. 
and and for me they're comparable. Istanbul was unbelievable. It was the best best three days of my life, and my wife knows this. She knows it ranks above the wedding. Bear in mind, he is married and he has children. Exactly. Best three days of his she life. She knows Istanbul. Istanbul is the best three days of my life. But I tell you what, that's the best day slash night I've ever had. In Liverpool. And it was at Goodison Park. How wrong is that? Were you more nervous for Tony or were you more nervous for Pricey? I I think I was more nervous for Pricey. Yeah. I I think with Pricey, when he got in there, he looked nervous as well. And that made me a bit more nervous. When we had him in the studio, when we spoke to Dave Caldwell just last week and he was saying, oh, he's back. Pricey's great. He looked great. I was thinking, ah, so I wasn't nervous at all until he got in. And then he started, for me, he was pouring that big long jab out, which was great because the guy was a lot shorter than him. So he's keeping him away with that long jab. But does that, you know, you think, oh God, you know, he wasn't, at first he was just kind of poking the jab out and that made me a bit Mm. nervous for him. I was Mm. like, oh, Pricey, but then, you know, come on, look at the way Pricey finished him. That's the old David Price. Well, in the first round, the time, what what surprised me the most was the timing. Counter-punching as well. The kid came in and it was like right on the money. The kid came in for a bit of a swing and he caught Pricey a couple of times, dealt with it well. But the way that bang, short right hand, I'm thinking, flipping heck. He hardly threw the punch, really, in the yeah. first knockdown. Kid sinks to the deck. Bear in mind, that lad has never been stopped. I think he, he has been um, beaten on two separate occasions, but yeah. he's never been stopped. All he's no. on points decision. And pff, you could see in the kid's eyes when he got up, because we were really, really close to that action. Yeah, He was shook. He I'm was, surprised yeah. that he got back up off the first one, to be fair. Yeah. Fair play to the lad for coming back and giving Price a bit of a do for a second round. No, I know, exactly. Yeah, I think... Uh, I- the guy come to win, and that was important, and that was the good thing about it. You know, I hasten to say that Anthony Joshua was when he won the world title for me. That guy didn't come to win. Mm. He didn't look like he had any expectation of beating Anthony he Joshua. Came the, he came for the five million dollars that he, he was getting paid. He, he really did, yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it looked like that. But this guy at the weekend, he came to beat David Price because he's seen a target in David Price. He thought, "I'll be well, it's there. a name in it. It's yeah. a name on his this would be the biggest win on my record." So he'd come to win, but. Pricey, when as you say, when he hit him with that little choppy right hand, it shook him to his boots. And then, what I liked was the finish. You know, it was it was almost it was almost Bellew esque because Pricey didn't let him off, and that's how Pricey used to fight. Yeah, yeah. That's what he was like earlier on when he first turned pro. Venomous, horrible. He, he describes himself as a big, horrible, you know, bugger, Pricey. <laughs> but he doesn't act like that enough. He certainly doesn't act like that outside the ring. He's a gentle giant. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the nicest guys. But in the ring, he's got to be like that. Like Bell, you described himself. He said, I'm horrible. When I get in the boxing ring, I'm horrible. When it comes to fight time, I'm horrible. You don't, I can't be friends with my opponents. I have to hate them to do what I do to them. Hopefully, it looks like that's rubbing off on David Price. And that's what we want to see David Price more of. We want to see him be big, horrible, evil, and knocking fellas out like he did on Sunday. Got bags of power. Look good at, at the weight as well. 19 and a half stone. Suits it. It suits being that big. Yeah, yeah, he, he does. should be that big. Mm. It, it's working for Tyson Fury. Mm. Uh, no, I totally agree with that. Um, the gate, obviously, that was a WBC world title event for Bellew. Yeah. Um, so the uh, the official people from the WBC were at the side of the ring, yeah. uh, very close to us, and we were overhearing various conversations and stuff like that. Obviously, the WBC heavyweight champion at this moment in time is Deontay Wilder. That's right. Now, Deontay Wilder has obviously um, uh, not got a fight at the moment because of the Povetkin drug yeah. situation. That's right. But the WBC have granted him the opportunity for a voluntary defence rather than yeah. a mandatory defence, which is unheard of, really. Um 
and therefore there might be might be a little bit of a call for um, David Price maybe to step in yeah. as that voluntary. Is he ready to? I mean, he's not going to turn it down, is he? You not you don't get shots like that every day of the week. I, I honestly don't know. I haven't spoke to him about it. I haven't spoke to Dave Caldwell about it. But you know, opportunity knocks sometimes in life, and you just have to take these things. I know Nisi Sauerland was at the event. On uh, on Sunday, you know, he was he was at ringside. He, he came over and had a couple of words with Gareth. He was sitting with us, Gareth A. Davies. So uh, nothing was mentioned then. I was awake in that conversation. But the fact that the Sowlands were there as well, obviously they managed David Price. Mm. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a conversation came that way. And a performance like that, you know, it's hard to argue because. Deontay As we Wilder. know, Price has only ever lost a drug cheat, so yeah. is, in my opinion, his, his standing in the world rankings shouldn't have been affected anyway. He should be top-ranked. And a performance like that on, on Sunday proved that he's looking sharp, he's looking strong. I think it would just be a case of where he's at mentally with Dave Caldwell, where, the, where their relationship's at. If Dave thinks he's ready, I think it'll probably be Dave's, you know, decision. Dave's decision. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, regarding Deontay Wilder, he needs to build profile. We know that he, does. he doesn't really sell a ticket pay-per-view-wise in the States. That's why he was willing to go to Russia to take yeah. on Provedkin, to boost his um, global appeal. Yeah. He's quite... Um, been, he's been extremely vocal regarding wanting a, a, a scrap with Tyson Fury. However, here in Britain, British fight fans, the casual British fight fan, will probably want to see Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua first, rather than Deon- Deontay Wilder. Of course. So Deontay Wilder needs to build profile. Mm-hmm. It makes good business sense for him to yep. come to the UK and fight a British fighter on maybe Anthony Joshua's undercard. Well, exactly, and Pricey looked nice and fresh. You know, he certainly, you know, he took a couple of hooks, but he took them well. You know, you expect that in a fight, a competitive fight. So I don't expect Pricey this morning to wake up with anything, any any major injuries. He certainly didn't look that way afterwards when he was, you know, he was at ringside. It didn't, it didn't look like he was anything was strapped up or... So, you know, it's probably, a, it's a conversation that we believe could be happening right now. Mm. And, uh, you know, we wait with bated breath, really. But, you know, if, if it was me, you know, listen, I, I, I agree with Tony Bellew, and I've said this from day one, and people have ridiculed me as well. I believe David Price can be champion of the world. I truly believe that. I've said it since, since the very beginning. When he first turned pro, I said it. I believe he can become champion of the world. He may not have the greatest chin in boxing. David came in on this very show and told us he agrees he doesn't have the greatest chin in the heavyweight division, but he's got a hell of a right hand. He's got a great left hook. His footwork's good, and when he catches you, you go. So it doesn't really matter if he catches you first. You're gonna go. So it's a it's an interesting mix at the moment. It's a real spiderweb, isn't it? Because obviously, with that being a hand show, it'd be quite easy to do Price versus uh, Wilder on AJ's undercard, which would then sell the AJ versus Wilder fight in the future. Yeah. Then obviously Fury versus Klitschko that needs an undercard as well. So with him being with the Sourlands, he hasn't got to stay with Eddie Ian, so he he could well end up on that undercard against Wilder too. So tons of options out there. It's uh, you know, fingers crossed it all it all plays into our hands. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. I'll tell you what we'll do. Shall we give him a ring? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Let's speak to the champ. Be able to do something a bit later oh. with him, maybe. Is that the uh, cruiserweight champion of the world? <laughs> Only on Sunday nights at Goodison Park. Get in there, lad. <laughs> oh, mate. It happened. It happened. The dream came true, didn't it? Unbelievable. I just, uh, it's... I still can't understand it, mate, to be honest. But I better believe now soon because there's people who want to take my head off now. I can imagine. Did you see the David Hay post? Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, mate, the hunter has become the hunted. <laughs> I don't mind, mate. Good on him. We'll see. Yeah. I seen he couldn't resist doing the doing his little video without his T-shirt on, could he? Mate, he's always <laughs> the same way. 
But if he gets down to his property where he was on the street of Cruiserweight Champion of the World, mate, we'll see what's up. But yeah. ultimately, you know what? Once I mess around in heavyweight, I can mess around with that way too. Yeah. You know you've got uh, the power anyway, so... I'm happy, I'm happy to me. If I hit him with the left or right in the card with me, he's going good night too. Yeah. If, I mean, how many times have you watched it back to I must be up I mean honestly I think I'm in triple figures never mind double figures <laughs> you know what I mean I'm probably about about eight nine times I've seen it man. it's brilliant uh, I don't want to I just I'm trying to spend time with the kids I don't want to be in close like I'm greedy I'm, I'm saving the moment but listen mate it just gets better every time I watch it Get out, right? Everybody that's come round your house, you definitely showed them the video, haven't you? <laughs> Everybody that's come to see you over the last 24 hours, you'd be like, going, here, come in here, come in here, I want to show you something. <laughs> Do you know what I missed? And what I missed on the night, but what I love when I watch it back now is, when you walk, on your ring walk, you look at the Gladys, you smile, and you say the word, unbelievable. Yeah, stop. And you appreciate the moment. I can't believe how you, appre- you, you had enough about you to let it soak in. And appreciate it, and that's for me. That was that was as good as the knockout. That one little second is as good as the knockout. Yeah. Mate, it was just crazy. I just I remember I was in the dressing room, and usually the rap music is so loud that it deafens out everything. Sorry, I'm just putting the grass in the bin. I'm low mowing the guy. Cruiserweight champ, the missus has got him mowing the grass. Get out mate, there. Mowing the grass, mate. <laughs> Listen, you fancy doing that? I don't care if you're champion the whole world or not. It's like, girl, you hear the kicks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only when I'm in camp for the kicks go behind for me. <laughs> uh, so I've actually got shorts on as well. Brilliant. Uh, do you know what, mate? It, it was, I was walking, I was in the dressing room, sorry to talk about it again, 10 minutes before, I had me rap music blazing, mate. It's so loud that people come in and it, all you can hear is bitches and hoes. That's all you can hear, mate. <laughs> and fellas slapping things and shooting guns in the air. <laughs> and I, and the, the dressing room was like vibrating and shaking and Fran went to me, lad, listen to that. And I just went, turn the music off, boys. Never done that before. Yeah. And I just listened to them singing my name in the dressing room. There was like a small earthquake was going on. Crackers. And it was vibrating, made the room, the whole dressing room was shaking. Tony, 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 Tony. <laughs> it was going mad, wasn't it? I've never experienced anything like that. mad, mate. And then he heard the Everton songs. Yeah. And if you know, and exactly. I was just, I was singing and singing. And I just, I embraced the moment, mate. I just embraced the moment. I took me time, got to the top of that tunnel, and I just looked around. And it wasn't until, and we'll go to the toilet then, son. <laughs> and either way. Yeah, I can't hold a feel like it's me now. Go <laughs> <laughs> yourself. Uh, find out one day, God didn't, God, God didn't give you just for being out of it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll have that talk when you're older go to the toilet <laughs> uh, yeah so I walked and I stopped because I was walking and I just I just stopped and I just looked at the glass and I just went said to myself I didn't even know I said it out loud I just said unbelievable yeah. I just said unbelievable mate. this is unreal and uh, there are thousands and thousands of lights on the phone the flashes the, I just soaked it up mate and then I got the ring got put on my ass <laughs> <laughs> wake up call you fell asleep yeah, at your back. You know what, mate? I was, I was, I was in cruise control for a minute in the first round for a couple of minutes, and then I got towards the end. I thought I hit him with the left hook, right hand, and, and I knew the react. I always say the same thing, mate. It, it happens every time. It's never not happened in my career. Whenever I hit someone clean, sparring or fighting with sixteen ounce gloves on their guard or ten ounce gloves, 
I always see a different reaction on the face. The face mm. changes, mate. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I, I hit him, and his face was like, he tried to play a calm and give me like this smile as if you can't punch. But it's, at the same time, his expression that he couldn't control, it looked like he felt sick to his stomach. Yeah. Because the right hand locked him right down the pipe, mate. And I just, I didn't waste no time in getting me range and stuff like that. <laughs> And uh, I, I got a bit greedy out. I took him to the ropes. I hit him with a body shot. I tapped him to the head and then I sunk the left hook in the body. Wait there, fluffy head. I sunk him with a left hook to the body. And, and if you watch it back, just before he knocks me down, he dips his legs on the ropes. He sags a little bit. Yeah. And he's, he's thinking about taking a count, but he's proud and he's, he's a brilliant fighter and he's brave. And as he sags, he goes, he, I think in his mind, he's going, you know what, F you, I'm going to fight. And uh, he takes me back with two jabs and then he slings that, that left hand, mate. And I'll tell you something, it's one of the hardest I've been at that. Really, yeah? Yeah, maybe you nailed me that hard. It broke my nose immediately on my face. But my nose touched my lips. <laughs> <laughs> I've only got a small nose as well. I've got my mother's features. And then my nose touched my lips, mate. Without a shadow of a doubt. Was, that, was it kind of lucky then that you were squared on? Because, you, you know, it, yeah, the I, force I, I just went out of it, didn't it? I, I was squared on, but he took me off my feet. Yeah. I, I was squared on, ultimately. And that's what made me roll back. If I was, if I was side on... Maybe I would have took it, but I would have been hurt. Yeah, yeah. And you know, but my legs were so strong, and I'm so fit. To be fair, I'm not going beyond something, but I am a mentally fit person. I drive myself hard in the gym, and uh, I've never been knocked down sparring or anything like that. But when I've been knocked down in fights, my legs are always back around me. I've been in with Mr. Don Stevenson, and he hit me very, very hard. And, yeah, uh, but you were still on your feet. I was up. Yeah. yeah, I got up. I got up. He hit me clean with his best he could hit me, and I got up and I got stopped on my feet. But this time he dropped me, and and it wasn't. It was weird because when he dropped me, I thought, lad, I, I'm not it. And it was just mad. The belt didn't save me 100%, but it, it helped me. It didn't save me. Uh, I got up and I just sat on the saying to myself once again, I don't know why I did it. Wait, Dave. Oh, wow, you look like a spy up there, mate, in that roof. Uh, that's me, other son, don't tell me. He's a spy looking out of the Brilliant. window. I'm a spy. Uh, I'm a spy, Jesus Christ. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, and then as, as I went down, I just... I done what I done the I spoke to myself again. Yeah. And I just said to myself, What are you doing? I said, It's a great shot, that, but what are you doing, man? Let's go. Let's get back to work. Uh, and at that place I touched my nose and made I thought my nose was it was stuck to my lips, it was horrible. It just it just felt like it'd been crushed on my face, so uh, that was it. I went back to the end of that first round. Yeah, because you went to the neutral corner. What I noticed is you looked at Dave, you had a little word yeah. to yourself, but then you, you walked to the neutral corner, you you totally knew what was going on. You just headed yeah, for that corner and you were like, oh, fuck's sake. You know, pull yeah, yourself, you know. Exactly what happened. Yeah, exactly. And because I was winning the first round until I knocked down. No, and no, yeah, I thought completely. I came out in the second round and I thought, I established, not control, but I established the kind of distance between us. Yeah. And you could see it was my range, you know, and I was picking the shots I wanted to. And once again, that landed a little combination towards the end of that round, but I didn't really sit on any of the punches in the second round. It wasn't until the third that I thought, I've got my range completely, and I can nail this guy. He gives you it. That's, yeah. his, that's, that's his biggest, that's his biggest, uh, his biggest detriment to, to how good he is. He's very good, but he should be, he should focus on being more slippery. I think he knows how powerful he is. So he's, a, he's, a, he's a, do you think he likes to take one because he thinks, yeah. I'll take one because I, I can counter and hit you harder? He knows, and he also, he knows he takes a great shot. Mm-hmm. He does take a very good punch because I nailed him with several right hands down yeah. the pipe. And although he gives you this false smile, because he is a cocky fighter and he, is, he talks a lot when he's fighting, although he is cocky, he's, he has got a great chin, mate. And I, I hit him with, I'd say, several right hands straight down the pipe. 
and it wasn't until that left duck designated me that, oh. that, that he was wiped out. Yeah, the, got, the left duck, he was just I, asleep. I him with the left duck before that. Yeah. It was the left duck before the two early exchanges on the, as he's got me on the ropes. I dips to me left and I just clipped him, just short, and he backs off and I knew immediately I only have to clip them on the temple. Mm. And he had a head like a coconut, to be honest. It was really hard, just hard as part yeah. of his head. And I clipped it, he goes, he goes stumbling back, stumbling back, and then I got him to the ropes, unloaded the first combination, looked for the gap, and tried to pull down his left hand and slam the right hook down, but that just grazed over the top of his head. And then I took a step back, composed myself, come in, because on the straight right hand left hook, he nailed me with a big left hand. Then I nailed him with the right hand left hook again, slung that right hand one more time, and as it grazed across his face, yeah. Uh, what me and the coach have been working on, Dave, he had me throw the right hand and just delay the left hook ever so slightly, just delay it by half a second. And as I delayed it, he just came, tried to come back with his own right hook because he seen the gap. Yeah. And then that left hook came through, mate, and he was out. He that was he out. Was completely. I, as he was out, I seen his neck dangle on the ropes and the referee, I didn't feel a pull off the referee, so I had to land with it the next two meters. Mm, of course, two, yeah, yeah. And that just ironed it out. It reminded me so much of when Nassim Ahmed knocked out Augie Sanchez. <laughs> yeah. Logan Sanchez being dazed and completely out on the ropes but the referee hadn't jumped in yet and it's horrible to say and this is a brutal business he was trying to do it to me ultimately you've got to take that them last two punch off of course you do because yeah, yeah. if I don't it's ever, there is a chance listen I've been knocked out on my feet against Oval McKenzie and what woke me up was how hard my head is the floor yeah yeah and, and, and I didn't want that to happen to him because if he gets up, mate, he wreaks havoc. He, he's known, he's known for coming on strong. He's known for being so superiorly fit. And it, I just took the opportunity, mate. And next thing I know, I've got that green belt round me. Oh. What did you say to him, Tony, in, in the corner, man? I, I spoke to him and told him, listen, I don't show quite his respect before the fight because I just don't believe in it. Mm. I don't believe in being Mr. Nice Guy before the fight. I believe it's false, and you're trying to hurt me. I'm trying to hurt you, but ultimately. I have the utmost respect for you. I think you're a brilliant fighter. I thought he was he was outstanding. He showed a lot of bottle to come here. Uh, I, and I also told him I thought you underestimated me slightly, which which I know he did. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't hire a new trainer for two weeks to go before the biggest fight of your life. Uh, Unless you think the other guy is going to get knocked out. Yeah, yeah, and then just bounce into Liverpool like I'm nothing. And I keep calling me a like everybody's in a movie star. So he found out first and foremost never to underestimate anyone, mate. If anything... I didn't overestimate him because I know how good he is. Yeah. He's an exceptional fighter and he will be back. I've done him a lot of damage in that fight so whether he's the same again I don't know. But, uh, you know, he's, I know he snapped excruciate ligaments in his knee as he's collapsed to the floor. Uh, I know he's got six stitches on the inside of his mouth a cut over his eye and a broken nose himself. Yeah. So, uh, you know, listen, it was a damaging fight. It was like a a scout's hands and hag left. That's exactly what it was. It was a gunfight, yeah. It was unbelievable. I'm so happy me to be in a good fight because is that, I was just going to say is that a, is that the fair, is that the perfect end to the fairy tale yeah. you know because you could you know you could have won on put a long but points decision and all that but to do it like that yeah. in that manner it is, is me I've, I've dreamed my whole life of being in a fight like Agla Head I've always wanted to deep down I've got told you mate I'm not well in my head I've always I've always wanted to be in these fights I've always dreamed and dreamed of being in these fights and. When it was taking place, I've always dreamed the sense of I want to be in them fights, I want to be in them fights. But in the back of your mind, you say, lad, do you really? Because you know the pain you've been in after the McKenzie fight and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, you couldn't move for days. And when I was in the fight, I was thinking, this is great, this is boss, but it'll go down in history now and I'm just so happy <laughs> to be part of it because 
Mate, that night is never ever going to be forgotten. I'm not blowing my own summers or not, mate. But that's that's the greatest ever night of, of Liverpool boxing. You no, know, without it's, a shadow of a doubt, we saw it and, and, and it'll take a long way to match it. Uh, I, I'm just so happy I was part of it. Mate, I'm so happy I was part of it, mate. Do do I send you my medical bill, by the way, because <laughs> because I, obviously I was sat next to Nick and I've never seen him jump up so high in my life, and he's mate, done me he's no done me backing, lad. No one since the start, so. You know what? There were so many people there who've known me, who've been there from the very get-go to start me when I was nothing. When I was done, people laughed at me saying I'd be ABA heavyweight champion. When people laughed at me saying I'd box in the country, people laughed at me when I said I was doing light heavyweight and I'd done it. British champion, Commonwealth, European. Me, that I'm, I'm the champion of the misfits, mate. That's what I am. Brilliant. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who shouldn't be a champion, but I am because just through pure work and hard, just dedication. And I've worked hard, mate, and I believed in myself. When, when people laughed at me and didn't believe in me, when people said I was only ever domestic level, when people said I wasn't even that good for domestic level, and you know what, mate? Still the same clown, the same, and now the same Maccabi's not that good. Unbelievable. Uh, it's unbelievable, mate. Yeah. I, I, I'm, under the, I, I'm under no kind of false reason. I don't kid myself in any way. But let me tell you, mate, I've just beat the, one of the best available cruiserweights in the world. And I've done it in a fashion that, that no one ever seen coming. And I'm just so happy. And for what I never lied to myself, and I never really give myself praise, but I'll tell you something I know for one hundred percent fact. Right now, as we speak, I am the best cruiserweight in the world. Yeah. And did, there's no it's so but. Did you uh, did you did you put the belt on the baby's bed when you got in? Uh, do you know what made me t- me me eldest boy uh, was with me when I got home and he was awake till four or five in the morning so I couldn't sleep. In the <laughs> it just makes me cry when I think about it even now. I just can't believe it. I've given Eddie Army there now bouncing on sample. Can't if that's just yet looking on someone doing into this. My bird's got me a bacon and egg on toast. Brilliant! Brilliant. Full English on toast. My missus, she said, don't call me bird, lad. My missus, my wife's a V. Yeah, it's just, do you know what? It's... Uh, can't come into words, me. How much it meant seeing my son, and now not half before the start, had me in bleeding tears in the, in the dressing room. Yeah. That, that broke me out because my son shouldn't be a fight. Listen, before we before we let you go and get you back get back to the family, okay. have you got have you got a have you got one last message for the fans that were there last night, the fans at Mayside that perhaps couldn't have made it last night, because they as much as you're finished, you know, and, and the undercard was great as well. That obviously helped, but the fans, the the way the fans supported you came out in force with just a couple of weeks by. It was it was phenomenal, Tony. Made sold twenty thousand tickets in three weeks. Unbelievable. It's insane. Frightening. Yeah. It's really, really is frightening, man. I'm just, I'm so happy I was part of it. Listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not big-headed enough or stupid enough to go listen. It was all about Tony Bellew. Everyone turned up to see me. He didn't make there was some great fights on the bill. I've got one of my best friends in boxing, David Price, on the bill. You know, I've got brothers like Stephen Smith, Paul Smith, Callum Smith on the bill. I just wish we had BC to complete the Sunday trail. Mm. Uh, I, you know what? I had them on the bill with me, and, and listen, when you when you've been in the Sunday. As long as we have it's just kids and you know, our family mates because you go through it together. Although we turn different places professionals, mate, I, I love them like like my own brothers. So it was just so good to be with them, part of it with them. And uh, that night's gonna go down in history, it's crazy. I am part of Everton's history or something I always dreamed and wanted to do. Yeah. I'm now part of and that can never ever be taken away from me. This green belt is mine forever. <laughs> 
And if these kids meet, I am WBC champion of the world. Are you wearing it right now, cutting the grass? <laughs> Please tell <laughs> you me you are, are. Yeah, come on, you are. <laughs> Not me, honest to God. It's, uh, it's been polished and stuck on the, uh, on the on the ledge. Put it on. Everyone. Just put it on now while you're cutting <laughs> the grass. <laughs> yeah. I want all your neighbours to see you cutting the grass. You, you know what on. it is? Rachel has them do his chores I'm and then he's allowed to wear his belt <laughs> as a reward. <laughs> I'm doing, the, I'm doing the back garden on me house. You've got a front garden, so you this is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast because you will get an exclusive interview with Liam Smith uh, and the boys that are on his undercard this weekend. Boxing continues in Liverpool, but as well as that, uh, Mixed Martial Arts is back. UFC 199 this weekend. Yep, Inglewood, California. It's a, it's a hell of a bill, actually, the middleweight title fight. And again, you know, 13 world champions in boxing. We could get our first ever British UFC champion. This is massive because he's been going for such a long period of time as Michael Bispin. Yeah. And this has come by hook or by crook. A little bit of fortune in this, obviously, with people pulling out, Weidman pulling out with an injury. Serious injury, it looked like that. Back injury, back, back I think injury. he's out for, the, out for the rest of the year. Mm. Uh, and obviously, a lot of people were expecting Weidman Rockhold part two. Really excited about it. Yep. Luke Rockhold is a sensational, sensational middleweight. And off the back of the performance that Michael Bispin put in against Anderson Silva, he has got that shot. His first world title shot. He's been shouting for it for all of his lifetime, hasn't he? This Seemingly. Is, this, is, this is a <laughs> feels that way. Well, this is a big, big moment for him. Um, your your gut instinct on this one? Uh, gut instinct, of course. You know these guys have fought before, and 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 Rockall left no mistake the first time when he beat Bisping down in uh, in Australia. So it's a big ask for Michael Bisping, especially with just two weeks' notice as well. But he's coming off the biggest win of his career. You know, he beat Anderson Silva in London. I was there that night. Sensational stuff that night. You know, kind of like kind of like Tony Bellew. He was dropping the flying knee. Looked like he was knocked out. It was the end of the round. There was chaos. It, the fight started again. He got back on his back to his boxing, and he outclassed Anderson Silva and, and won a deserved points decision. So he's riding the crest of a wave right now. An opportunity knocks for him. The chance to fight Luke Rockhold for the middleweight title. He just he couldn't turn it down. You know, because he's been waiting that long for his title as you say Mike Bisping's been in the UFC for over 10 years he's a legend in mixed martial arts in Britain he mm. is the pioneer he is the most successful UFC fighter this country has ever produced he gets his first shot okay the circumstances may not be right okay Bisping, Bisping you know has already said that it's not ideal he hasn't had a 10 week camp he's struggling with his weight more than he's struggling with his game plan and everything else but 
Shit a bust. Yeah. You no, know, go for it, man. It's, just say, it's one of them. Go for it. It's one of them that we spoke about uh, with David Price in the boxing heavyweight situation. If yeah. you get the call, yeah. stay in the gym, stay fit. If you get the call, you've got to take it when it comes. It's irrelevant whether you're ready for it or yeah. not. You've well, got to take it. Don't get ready, be ready. Yeah. That's what they say. Because those shots don't come round every no. now and again. If he would have turned it down, oh, I'm not ready for a middleweight shot, somebody else would have got that shot and he That's would right. have gone right to the bottom of the pecking order. He would, because Jacare Souza, who beat Rita Belfort in May, in Brazil, who's my favourite middleweight, by the way? Well, he he is the legit next contender, but he he got offered the fight after Wyman pulled out, and he said, "I'm not ready." He said he he had some kind of knee injury, I think it was. Well, he just come, he just fought last month, didn't he? Well, yeah, but he said he, he's come out of that fight with a bit of an injury, so he doesn't fancy it basically. So if Bisbinger had said no as well, then as you say, they'd have found someone. It'd have been me to fight Rockhold. Yeah, they'd have found <laughs> someone else on the list, and Bisping would have gone at the very least beneath Jacare Souza. Yeah. So if Jacare gets the next shot at the end of the year, Bisping at best would have been next spring. Well, he can't wait then, so he's got he's got to be two at least two more guys to stay on track. And of course, he just couldn't turn it down. It was too much of an opportunity. Yes, the you know the chips are stacked against him. Yes, he's up against it. Rockhold, in my opinion, is bigger, faster, stronger. His grappling's better. His boxing, his kickboxing, is is you know his kickboxing probably better. His boxing maybe is might slightly less than Bisping. You know, he's got heart as well, but at the end of the day, you've got to be in it to win it. Mm. Mike Bispin's got a shot. He's taking his shot. And this Saturday night, we'll find out whether he's got the minerals. Fingers crossed he can. be great to have a, a UK UFC champion. Imagine that. 13, Brit- 13 British world champions and a UFC champion. Incredible. W- would be amazing. Next time with the Fight Disciples. We'll have all the fallout to uh, Michael Bispin and Luke Rockhold and we'll also be uh, looking back at hopefully a memorable night for Liam Beefy Smith as he becomes the first scouser to defend a world title in his home city for over 40 years. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.